Let's do this. Good evening, good morning, good night, wherever you are. We've got guests from around the world. We got viewers from even further out. I don't know if you're listening on delay on the podcast or whatever it is. I hope you're having a darn good time. Uh, if you are listening, guys, I hope that you're listening on uh, Twitch, where we're live, YouTube, where you can see the video. Uh, Podbean, Stitcher, or iTunes where you can get the podcast. Really, any way you want to consume, this is the way to do it. I personally recommend doing it at the gym or on the drive to work. Um, I can't tell you if it's functional to do it at the gym because I myself avoid the gym like the plague, but you know, maybe somebody else would enjoy it on a treadmill. So check it out for sure. A big shout out to our sponsors who made this possible. And by that, I mean sent over the motherboard I needed to keep my computer running, and that is Aces Republic of Gamers, uh, Razor for a couple of mice and some keyboards, and of course the guys over at Awesome for helping to design all the overlays and uh, getting us up and running in the first place. Now, my name is Toffees. You can find me at Toffees TV. If you give a shit, you probably don't. The real reason you're here is to listen to the guys hanging out with me talk about PUBG. Those guys up above me right now are none other than Methods Raptor to Raptor. How you doing tonight, sir? Hello. That was nice. That was about as good a greeting as I could have gotten. I wanted to do like a spectacular intro, but then I, I blocked. Now that was a spectacular spectacular. That was that was almost as amazing as some of the feeds that you managed to get in your game. Second, next to him is the man from Theater of Mayhem, a team that as far as I know is is still sort of climbing into massive recognition. However, they're doing that at the top of a whole lot of leaderboards. Uh, that is Avenger. How you doing, sir? Good morning slash good evening. Good morning. Good, I'm good. doing good. And you? Hey! And thank you for having me. No problem. I can't complain. I'm talking about PUBG. It's significantly better than changing dirty diapers. Uh, last guest on the bottom is the man from Tempo Storm. Valiant, how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. Excellent. Glad to have you guys here. Method and Valiant, both of you guys had uh, pretty phenomenal weeks in Oza on Sunday, by the way. I wanted to comment on that. I got to, I got to watch Valiant firsthand, but I heard Raptor and your team went completely off the chain as well. Uh, over in the in the in the server one, so uh, I haven't had a chance to watch all of the replays yet. So I apologize, Avenger. I don't remember how your team did specifically this week, but knowing you guys, I'm sure it was nothing to scoff at. Uh, Tempo, in case you guys missed it, won two two out of their three games and racked up over 101 points on the day. So uh, you'll be seeing them on server one this week, 100% for sure. Uh, all right, so that's it. Let's talk about PUBG. The rule, the, there's no rules for this. I, I say the rules are simple. That's because the other show I host for Dota has all kinds of like random scores and points and stuff. Here, we're just gonna talk. However, there's a timer in the middle of the map and you might wonder what that is. That's to keep us on topic. There's a lot to talk about. I get long-winded, so we're not gonna spend more than 10 minutes sort of focused on one thing. That way we get to about 30 to 40 minutes. We hammer off a bunch of topics. We get all of us on with our day. Topic number one, and this is number one, guys, because it is at the forefront of pretty much everybody that I talk to, whether they're pros, whether they're Joes, whether they're schmoes, this is hackers. Now, my first question for you is this. Is the, oh my God, I got killed by hackers, a reality or overblown? Because we hear it constantly watching streams and stuff, but I feel like maybe it's become less of a joke and more of a potential reality. What do you guys think about that? I think it depends on, like, when when some when somebody newer in this game says it, I think a lot of times they overrate it. And, like, I've seen a lot of, like, newer players say, like, oh, it's a hacker. But it's a big issue right now, and I think if uh, most of the top players, when they say it's a hacker, it's an actual hacker, and it's happening a lot. And the best scenario is Bunny two two seven. I think mm -hmm. that was like the best, the best example. Like, yeah, there is an issue. If somebody like that could just 
blatantly I can get into tournaments, that's when mm-hmm. it turns into an issue, in my opinion. Absolutely. And, and we'll talk specifically about what you guys think we should do about tournaments in a second, because I think that that's also a big question. This is not your typical game. It's not CSGO where it's, you know, one team versus one team. If a team gets caught hacking, it's an obvious win, you know, do not pass go sort of scenario. Um, I will say that I was curious about the hacker thing, right? Because everybody talks about it. You're like, there's no way it's that bad. Um, and decided to grind my rank up above that 2K mark just to sort of C. So I stopped playing drunk PUBG for a couple of days to grind some rank. <laughs> and uh, I'm not like, once you break the 2K, it legitimately, you start seeing guys with Grozas flying by, headshotting everybody one after another. And it seems like it's really frustrating. Um, do you guys see that a lot in your pub games, or would you say it's still like a sub 5% scenario? Uh, I think it's a pretty low percentage, honestly. Okay. Like, as far as what I've experienced, uh, I mean, obviously, you run into those games that is just like, oh, this guy has a. Uh, like just some random name with numbers in it, yeah. just kill feed everywhere, and you just like know he's massacring everybody. Mm-hmm. And when he gets close, he's wiping squads. Uh, I haven't ran into too many. Like the thing about this game is, there's probably a lot more hackers than I think, mm-hmm. and I run into. And we probably kill a lot of hackers. But the thing is, like for instance, in the qualifiers to IM, whenever that open qualifiers get announced, mm-hmm. there's ha- other hacks that can go undetected. Right. As far as like, you can have ESP, but you you don't you're not using the ESP to kill people. You're using ESP to find out the best rotations on the map. Mm-hmm. So you, there's a team that can rotate and never die off rotations and always have four people alive mm-hmm. based on ESP. So like, I think there's more cheats in the game than I think, but as far as like blatant cheaters causing me losses, it doesn't happen too so much. So for, for the li- common listeners, cause you guys are usually ahead of the curve, right? So like you guys knew about the red dot AK issues before it sort of became mainstream. I What is ESP? A lot of us have heard of aim assist or speed hackers. Uh, what is ESP, just for the benefit of everybody who's listening? I think it's extrasensory. Well, I know what extrasensory perception is. I mean, like, what's the hack give you? Oh, well, I mean, I don't know what it gives you in this game, but I'd imagine mm-hmm. it just gives you, like, are you seeing, like, what advantage or, like, what does it do? Like, it shows you where people are on the map. I guess it okay. might be, like, you can ticket to, like, 300 oh. meters, you can see everyone next to you. So as you're gotcha. rotating, you can see, it's kind of like the spectator mode. Everyone has an outlined mm-hmm. yellow line around their bodies. So I guess in the it's kind of like you're in spectator mode, but in the game at the same time, so you can see where everyone is through walls. Brutal. Um, and I guess it could outline cars and stuff, so it's just, yeah. I actually have uh, pretty, like, I have quite some knowledge on the hacks, how they, how they work. Because, uh, so basically, what I have, wh- wh- one of my friends, and I don't say it's a good thing, but he actually is a guy who bought one of the most expensive cheats. And um, he actually was the one who kept me up to date on how these cheats work. So basically, right now, the way the cheats work is like this. Uh, the hackers, what they see is they see everybody, just like a normal wall hack, but they also see how many meters and stuff they see. Oh. So they see cars, they see loot drops, they see whether a uh, crate is looted or unlooted. Wow. Uh, and you can, you can, there's so many settings to these cheats that, like, so much more than your, like, your, your conventional wall kick you mm-hmm. used to have in, like, for example, I don't know, what, Call of Duty or something? Right. So you really have, like, the meters and everything, uh, just everything is right now in that cheat. Interesting. That's why I know. And that's something that's hideable, right? You know, we see the WG yeah. blah, blah, blah guy getting 26,000 kills, but he's just advertising. Oh, yeah, His yeah. job is just oh, to yeah. sell advertising. So... Mm. No, you, can, you can hide that. You can hide that super easily. If, if you just, like, don't go for the blatant cheats, if you don't activate your aim bots, it's easy to hide it, you know? You... When you're, like... It, it, let's, let's say you would have a wall hack, you would just not look at the guy with your uh-huh. character. You would just look... 
to the right and act like nothing is happening, but in your head you know where the other guy is. Right. That's what you're gonna do. So yeah, and you know like it gives you like the ESP gives you options to like you can just it just you know how to work angles, you know how to wrap hills, you know how to right. win games off your gun skill alone just because you know how to take every fight to your advantage when you have when you're up four man. So that's pretty brutal. No, that makes that makes perfect sense. I mean, it, it's one of those things. Like, let's just jump right into talking about this in terms of the pro scene. So we have one person uh, that, and we'll say allegedly, just because I've seen the video and it's pretty seems pretty clear. But uh, nobody's making an official statement about it. They pulled their roster immediately from the tournament that it happened in and denied all uh, ties to who these guys were. It was fake fake accounts or new accounts on Steam, apparently. Um, so literally everything that could possibly go off is a, is a blaring alarm has gone off. But we've seen it now in a pro game. What happens, and here's the two questions. A, how can we try to police this, right? Because we know that people, even, even in, let's talk CSGO once upon a time, top players in large tournaments have been caught of doing things like using aim assist over there. And that's an established scene. So how do we, A, sort of work together to keep this from happening? And B, what do you do when someone is caught hacking, right? Because at the end of the day, like they cancel the tournament because you can't go back and say replay all of those rounds. It's kind of unfair to the other 19 teams who weren't hacking that maybe died to them and lost points, so on and so yeah. forth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's the sketchy part about that. Like that was our, our issue with like open qualifiers for ESL because it's like, it, like in CSGO, for instance, if a team went, like let's say people are accused of cheating and it's just a, mm -hmm. A 5 like just a regular match of CSGO. They play it out, best of three, right. game ends. Uh, somebody might get, like, I guess people determine. If they're not VAC banned, it's really hard to have an adamant decision on who to get banned because mm -hmm. there's so much stuff that goes into it. But in a game like this, if there's 18 teams, you don't know the outcome until the end. Like, if everyone thinks they're accusing, they might go over the replays. They might have somebody spectate them on the third game, just mm -hmm. solely watching the team. And then it's like, for, for instance, for us, if we die to them in one game and get screwed because it's the best of three, uh, we have to win maybe one and maybe get like top three in the next one mm -hmm. to, to qualify top five out of the group and it's not like like it's like you said if they get dq'd it's who cares on who they killed rank six moves up and takes their spot so the rank six guy gets in gets the spot instead of us mm -hmm. he died to them so you can't replay every match it's just right. not fair so that's they just gotta they just gotta have a close scene like what they, they gotta yeah, close they gotta make sure yeah, close qualifiers, and just towards the future, they gotta make very strict rules. If you get caught cheating in some what way, you're banned for life from this game. Like, they no, don't need to make it, oh, you're gonna be back after this. Like, yeah. they, they need to just work more towards, like, every single player, every single pro player. If you wanna go pro, you're gonna have to go through a lot of, like, hustle to actually get there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, like, everything is, like, connected to your actual idea of who you are in real life. So this this will force people from not doing that because right now you're a random guy with just a random nickname. But once right. you link your real life ideas and stuff, and maybe even like agreements to like not cheat and like you know actual fines. Like for example, in soccer, in soccer in real life, you make a mistake, you punch somebody, you're gonna you're gonna pay a fine. Right. You know, once you force pros to pay fines for that kind of stuff, it 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 will just like secure a little bit of a cleaner scene. So you get. They need to come up with something like that because, you know, this is not just like one team against another and easy. This is the threat needs to be bigger of some sort of ramification. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's definitely hard because as somebody who runs you guys, I don't think I don't know if you guys run Observer very often or have access to that. As somebody who runs Observer, I mean, it's very difficult to watch all of the teams at once and sort of even find strange behavior. So then it becomes 
well, this team's word against this team's word and sort of how do you break that down and who do you trust? And is there even a way to go back and watch replays? Because we know uh, that Player Unknown said that they have a ways to detect hackers based on their patterns. It didn't say anything about going back and watching replays of the actual games themselves. Uh, Avenger, do you have any thoughts on this topic? Uh, yeah, I think like it's it, it, it's a huge problem mm -hmm. because you're you're not gonna be able to spectate 80, spectate eighty people, mm -hmm. uh, and if you don't have any sort of anti cheat that will record your screen, take pictures, or anything that'll lock down uh, the the blatant cheaters, mm -hmm. uh, I'm just afraid of the non blatant cheaters mm -hmm. like the ESP guys. It, like, it can ruin everything from a BO3 or even from a BO5 perspective just by be killed by them early once like valiate said so like i'm not afraid of the the blatant cheaters because they're gonna get spotted mm -hmm. they're gonna be like bunny to two, two to seven right uh, i'm afraid of the guys that's gonna be in every circle they're gonna take every secure path all the time and they're gonna be in the last four circles they're gonna be in the middle and they're gonna be holding some edge that they know is safe because of this esp mm -hmm. uh, so yeah i are LANs a solution to this, or is it easy to get those hacks into a LAN built computer? I think I, LAN are the solution to this. Okay. Yeah, I think LAN is the solution. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what they did is at Gamescom, they had eighty computers, and they had um, they had a capture card in each computer, mm. which pulled out like everything, and they could go. If they had a, a delay, like a further delay, they could actually be able to to see everything. Uh, and check it and also display you know fights even better mm. uh, so like LAN is the solution to this but also like of course close qualifiers but still close qualifiers you don't we don't have any like super good anti-cheat yet yes mm. we have bad light but bad light doesn't take a picture of your screen every like randomly between one to 30 seconds or whatever so you don't have anything extra to add to that and then again, as Raptor said, you can just buy a new Steam account if it's just a Steam account you log into it. You need to have something extra that will secure that if somebody cheats, it's not just the account, it's the somebody that cheated that's going to get uh, punished for this. Right, and again, and it, once you're invited or once you start showing up at these lands or people get to know you, then there's a face attached to the name, right? If, if somebody caught Raptor using cheat, cheatware now, his career would essentially be done in PUBG as well as any other potential games that he could go to. Because we know him and we know what he looks like. That's the danger of open qualifiers because of the fact that somebody can come in and they say, well, I'm just going to do it for opens. If I get caught, I disappear into the mist. And if I don't get caught, well, I get to fly to a LAN and, you know, maybe my skills and my ability to hide in a bush get me into the top 15 and nobody notices. Um, so that's definitely a situation to talk about. And we'll use that and we'll kind of stay with the hacker thing a little bit, but also talk about open qualifiers. Open qualifiers in any other game format. So I come from the Dota world and a lot of guys come from like CSGO and some Overwatch and things like that. All of those games, every game except H1Z1, I guess, and DayZ sort of background are games that pit one team versus another. Open qualifiers are meat grinders because there's just hundreds of teams. There's a lot of wild cards. You don't know what kind of strategy somebody who you've never seen before might be using. And you've got to slog your way through a lot of, a lot of games that have a variable that's hard to beat. That said, PUBG goes to the next level of that. We're talking open qualifiers with 19 other teams that are all sort of wild cards. I think you, somebody brought this up, or I was playing with, uh, I was talking to Dre, your teammate, Valiant, the other night, and he said one of the things that scares him the most about playing in open qualifiers, 
you know, there's still five spots open, so maybe you guys get the direct invite, you know, let's hope. That said, playing in open qualifiers, like, you don't know what these guys' strategy is. They could be complete scrubs who are just, like, driving around spraying UMPs out their window and get a lucky shot, you know? It's one of those things where, like, how do you deal with that mentally? I, I assume that you guys are already thinking about opens and, like, dealing with that, assuming you're not going to get the invite, potentially. How do you prepare yourself for something like that? Uh, you can't really prepare yourself for something like that. I mean, you just have to pretty much play as a team, uh, put yourself in hectic situations as much as you can, uh, make sure that the worst scenarios, that, like put yourself always in bad scenarios, don't really care about rank matches, hmm. leaderboards, unless you're trying to get signed, I guess, because um, orgs look at that. Um, but you want to put yourself in as many hectic situations. So you, the comms don't, like when you're in those situations, you can have clear comms, people know who to listen to, whose voice to pick out, what to listen to because what's going to happen is in these high level games you know tendencies of people you can look over vods you can see what spots are usually taken how, how fast people take spots how people rotate the timings they use uh you know exactly which routes to take and what are the best routes to take to get to the other side of the map um but when you're playing against a bunch of bad players who have no clue how to play the game don't know how to look for cars don't know anything one uh cities that you normally don't have to fight for you're gonna have to fight for so what's happening is like you're gonna have you're probably going to be down on loot unless you want to fight early for a compound, which it's not, it's like, you're, if you're playing against bad players, they're just going to take the fights. You're going to have like one guy drop and then you're going to have four people surround his house. It doesn't matter if they lose three. If they kill one of your members, you're down a man because mm -hmm. of some bad team. Uh, and also, if you take the perfect routes, they could just be wandering through woods or the middle of a field, prone somewhere, and blow up your car when you're taking the best route possible. So like, I don't know, there's just so much random stuff. You, I mean, there's no really way to practice it besides just always putting yourself in hectic situations. Hmm. Like ranked matches. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. So do you also, go ahead. We, and also we like, a... oh, oh sorry, go oh, right Now you go. <laughs> also <laughs> like, what I've been thinking, you know, not not just about the hackers, but also also like you have to put yourself through every thinkable situation. You can analyze, you know, like if you play awesome, you know about 15, 17 teams you're playing against. You can analyze from per previous games, but as Valiate said, said. Like they could be standing behind a shack, three guys just like coming at you from mm -hmm. out. They're gonna be like coming outside the zone because they didn't find a car. There's so many like possible scenarios that you're gonna have to like try to play against or train, but it's just gonna be so hard. But also, I want to touch upon uh, like the open qualifiers. Also, think or don't hope for it, but I think that's gonna be somebody like gonna be there with a team he doesn't know or whatever just to prove a point just to get his uh, 15 minutes of fame you know mm -hmm. like be putting out a esp or a blatant cheat or whatever just to prove a point oh, that's yeah. that's why i hope for you know some kind of uh, format change or close qualifiers for uh, people that are, have already been in in top of the leaderboards or in top of uh, online tournaments such as awesome or pubg online and and it's so, yeah. go ahead there's raptor there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong even with like making it close qualifiers because the thing is like this there's so many tournaments right now where beginning teams can prove themselves mm -hmm. there's no need for us to say like hey everybody deserves a chance because everybody does not deserve a chance if you're a new team i'm sorry but you got to prove yourself somehow first you know and um the what we we did one qualifier already before and that was for legends arena um where we actually played against like newer teams that mm -hmm. we never heard of before and what we could feel is this was not like hey we have to do this amazing move we have to do this amazing flank to win this game the only thing we had to do was just 
shoot like we are in playing in a public game. It was that was we had mm -hmm. first place, tenth place, and first place. And the only reason why we got tenth place in that second game was because the only other good team that was in that tournament was in the compound that we engaged. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the that was the only reason else we would have had three first place. It was just it was just cake. Mm -hmm. The thing is like this with close qualifiers, you're gonna have a way more competitive thing. It is easy to make close qualifiers. It's like even if you pick forty teams right now, it's super easy to pick forty teams, and there is such a big difference. So I don't know. I just think everybody needs to prove themselves off these off this IM thing first before you even should be, you know, like hey, I deserve to try to qualify for IM. You don't if you don't play seriously. You know? and, I, and, I, and I think and I'm sorry. Go ahead. We'll get to my well, point. I was going to say a good point Avenger said was. Uh... As far as prove it, like some random guy proving his point is, I never really thought about it. Like I, I was always aware of like cheaters being in the thing that could like mess us up in one game. Uh, but there's a lot of people out there who might just queue up with a random team mm -hmm. and blatantly cheat. Let's say methods and open qualifiers, hunt them down mm -hmm. every game, just to do it, mm -hmm. just to stop them from going because maybe he doesn't like Raptor Raptor. He said something on Twitter. I said something on Twitter. They don't like us and they chase us down. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, that's a possibility. It is a possibility. And I think that in the defense of the organizations putting on the tournaments, this is a new ball game. We've seen in other established scenes coming from big, you know, Dota had a what, $25 million world championship a couple of months ago. Uh, so coming from established scenes, we've learned that open qualifiers are insanely popular among like player bases and viewers. Yeah. But this is a yeah. different kind of game. And I mean, like, the reason I came here is because I was like, Man, I love the idea of like 80 person free for all, multiple teams, just sort of the, the organic nature of it. And in their defense, a lot of these tournaments, I think, are sort of coming up, right? Like a lot of people know PUBG Online, a fair amount of people know, a lot of people know Awesome. Um, they're starting to get to know Legends, they're starting to get to know VVV and a few others. Uh, and I think that the organizers maybe haven't had a chance to sort of see those. And I, it may be on the players to, at these events, talk to the organizers who are putting it on and say, hey, here's the tournaments that you need to check out. Here's where you need to be getting invites from. And I think that once we establish this, after we've seen some of the premier tournaments pop out, you know, once we've seen, okay, Osmond is consistently doing a good product, they're consistently supporting a premier league, then we'll start to see feeding out of those leagues. And that seems like a really good way to start doing things. Uh, PUBG Online and Awesome both have, I know Awesome refuses to say it, uh, but they have what feels like a tiered system. They keep saying server one, two, three, four to be like friendly, I think. But at the end of the day, like, you know where you stand. And uh, it's one of those things where I think we'll start to see ESL utilize those servers for invites down the line. So I think we have to suffer through the meat grinders. We have to sort of suffer through the learning curve and we'll get there. In the same way that when you watch tournaments right now, guys, uh, for those of you who like to tune in, understand that uh, the the observer feature is lovely and wonderful, but it is far from optimized, right? So like when you talk about playing games and you guys complain about, hey guys, there's 30 cars in the last circle. My frames are at 22. The observers get about 25% of what the players get in terms of like the ability to process. So our frames drop down to 12 and we're just like, there's nothing we can, like, thanks for bringing the cars, assholes. We're just kind of stuck here too. <laughs> uh, but we get that. So under, be understanding as we watch these tournaments, both in the form of context, uh, casting, playing, everyone's kind of learning as we go. I don't think anybody expected 2 million players, you know, in the first six months. So uh, we're all sort of holding out of the seat of our pants and, and, and flying along with it. Speaking of that, as we talk about tournaments, you guys kind of hit on open formats. I'm going to ask you about your favorite style of tournament formats. Um, 
kind of we've had time to establish how many rounds makes a good tournament what's the point system the best look like uh, before i move to that though do you have any last thoughts on sort of open qualifiers the nature of it and what you'd like to see maybe come out of iem uh the only thing was we pretty much touched on most of it but uh what hetero said in chat i was going to mention it, it's kind of like the thing that you said like once tournament organizers find mm -hmm. something to do they're like okay when if you get top 10 in this you get invites yep. or whatever it might be which obviously esl there's talks about esl league there's been talks of it for a little while um but obviously when esl league ha ha hits uh it's gonna be like top 20 gets in or it's, yeah. it'll be like probably like top 40 goes into a tournament or mm -hmm. something two groups of 20 10 make it up and stuff like that um and then you know exactly like how to work your way up into that so it's not open but i, I mean i it does suck for for the players open qualifiers right now but i mean that aside and it really would suck for people to miss out on a, a tournament of this magnitude due to getting cheated or wh whatever right. it might be um but it's good for the scene because it, it's like the first major tournament competitive title turn uh and they just put it out there of anybody can join you just have to rank grind leaderboards so all their friends are going to be trying to grind leaderboards people are going to start making teams uh all these other leagues are going to have more players because they want to practice it's, it helps build the scene just o announcing an open qualifier right now mm -hmm. and it gives yeah. people yeah. the advantage to practice as a team and maybe in the future climb the esl leaderboard ranks if they mm -hmm. make a league and stuff so and and it can be as simple as esl i mean at the end of the day it may end up doing what a lot of other groups do where they reach out to the pre-existing groups and say hey we want to help throw a tag onto this and you know run the qualifier leagues for us um you know other other games have minor and major systems where they say okay these six tournaments are our minors we're going to take the top players out of each of these or a congruent point total and that feeds into a land major so i think that that's a good system down the line that it it will almost certainly end up at we're just in sort of a staging phase, you know. I mean, honestly, I think PUBG Online is the only tournament that's finished a full premiere season that I'm aware of, right? I think they finished up, they had their world championship uh, two weeks yeah. ago. Everyone else is about halfway through. So even then, you could argue, well, there is no pre there's no precedent for top teams because, you know, even Ozum is sort of like a half-season ranking right now. You're not, that's not where we're all going to finish. Because, like, if you looked at Ozum right now, Tempo wouldn't have gotten an invite last week. But then they put up 101 points, and they're 15th on the ranking. So it's sort of, it's I, I get where they're coming from. Okay, uh, enough about Opens. I do want to talk about tournament formats, because I know a lot of organizers are probably tuning in, a lot, you know, people who are putting on these tournaments and are interested in that. What has been your, and I and please don't just say awesome, because they helped me put the show together. Um, <laughs> I work for everybody, and I'm an independent, so you can, you can smash them too if you want to. Uh, but what tournament formats have you seen that you like the most what kind of point systems matter do you like the idea of this sort of like multiple tiers and working your way up like what really appeals to you guys awesome okay <laughs> okay I'll, I'll go ahead uh i actually like the i actually like the idea where you can go in like to like to throw out a path for somebody that's either new or experienced in the game mm -hmm. you know like throw out a path you know go here you go and you grind to leaderboards and then you think, okay, what am I going to do after leaderboards? Okay, I'm mm -hmm. going to go do, for example, an open series or, you know, throw out a path so you know what to do. Right now, Awesome is closed. It's like it's 80 teams. Mm -hmm. It's going to be invite only or somebody that has good connection or if they want premier teams in to get more exposure. But, for example, PUBG Online, you have, uh, you have the open series. You can grind your way into the contender series. And after contender series, you can get into showdown series. Which is also like a really good thing for somebody that, that is either new, so they know what uh, what to tr what to work on mm -hmm. and where to put their hours. Uh, but 
what I mean, what also is is good from that is that you're gonna have you're gonna be able to put through more teams and mm. get more you know everybody to get their experience in. But all I mean, I I like awesome. I like their point system. It's it's uh, it's really good. Um, but we're in the start of like the early state of a game mm -hmm. and early state of a competitive scene. So of course. We're gonna have to tweak. What we also do in some of the close scrims is that we try to like to tweak the 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 zones and like we don't know what is the optimal zone right now. We don't know what is the optimal play right now. Like in the beginning, we have like three kind of phases. We have a, a looting phase, mm -hmm. and then we have a migration phase, and then we have a like end game phase. Mm -hmm. If that if you could you could, if you could smooth that a bit more out. So you don't have like the mid migration phase where mm -hmm. you're we're just waiting or edge hacking or, or edge zoning mm -hmm. uh, or you're just in compounds to know where you want to migrate or where you want to breach depending on where you are. Uh, if you could just smooth it out, but just be able to uh, maybe run into the zone instead of driving, that'll fix a lot of the the F FPS drops. Mm -hmm. It will fix a lot of stuff. Um, but uh, like where we are right now, we don't know what is the optimal. We don't know what what is the perfect way we're just playing you know default settings right in every tournament and then we're trying to to get the best out of it depending on like what the system is like awesome is really good because you also have a lot of points for kills mm -hmm. um you need to be high up ranked before you actually get points and PUBG online you get you get uh, get a lot of points just by coming 10th mm -hmm. uh, or 9th so yeah. i mean yeah in the yeah. Oh, go. you can go yeah, yeah you can go so I what I think that's the thing with what um, uh, Avengers said as uh, as well. This whole system, how PUBG Online works with the open series, because open I think it runs like twenty four seven that you get a match like every hour or something, and that way you can grind points pretty much. I think that's a really good way. So like you get leaderboard grinding, that's what everybody does. Then you get like an open series that you can pretty much grind actually, and then you get into like you go higher and higher up. I think if you keep doing that, then you. You create a very good competitive scene for eSport, but then I like that about PUBG Online, but what I like about Awesome is just their point system. So I think if you would have like combination between them two, like the point system of Awesome mm. and the whole system of like being able to build yourself up from PUBG Online, I think you got yourself an eSport that is just gonna run so smooth. Um, like not looking at the game yeah. issues or anything, but just pure based on points. So it sounds because in awesome you win you get rewarded. So it sounds like a roadmap is important to you guys or you're important to up and coming teams and sort of how to get there. Um, yeah. Do you think that there's a value to an elite league or some sort of pub system being put together that's just a place where people vouch you into you sort of the top players are invited to join play together get to know each other get picked up by teams is that manageable in a PUBG like it is in other games? <sighs> What do you mean, like a rank S? Yeah, it's sort of. I think it's uh, like FPL runs it for a couple of other games for CS:GO and stuff, where they do sort of. Uh, you you once you get to a certain light rank on the leaderboards, you get invited yeah. to join a special server, and you can sort of play custom games with good players uh, to sort of meet and, and, and grow from there. Because I guess my real question is, how do you? Let's say there's a player right now. This is just maybe a little off topic, but let's say there's a player on the on the boards right now who knows they're they're great, but they're pubbing their teams. They're sort of trying to find people who are good or committed to it. Their rank is solid, but you know this is a game where you can be pretty good and still not necessarily break out because you just don't have the support with the rest of your team. How do they find the right people to play with? Like they can't just go to Reddit and post and be like, "Hey, I think I'm a 2,600 player. Like, let me play with you and see how good I am." 
Like, what options do yeah. these guys have? But like in other games, like in CSGO, you also gotta build your way up, you know? You come into the game, you become global, and you find people around your same rank. So, if you're rank 1000, look for people who are rank 1000. And the thing is, like, what, what, what people have to know is, mm. if you wanna go pro, you gotta be willing to kind of like ditch your friends so yep. what you have to do is you have to find people and you grow with them mm -hmm. you can like in a way you use them to grow because they're around the same skill and once they cannot keep up with you anymore you find new teammates and that's eventually that's how you work up and let's say you know you're suddenly a leaderboard like i think it's very important if you want to go into pro scene at some point you're gonna have to be able to hit top 10 on the leaderboards mm -hmm. so once you that you hit somebody else up from the top 10 and then you like form a team together and that team probably it won't last but you will be able to compete and then another team might drop a player and they might be like hey but that guy is actually pretty decent and then you know you just jump your way up pretty much that makes sense. And now, so let's talk about the next logical jump is you put a team together that's pretty good. Uh, and you guys have to make the transition to organizations because really, let's be honest, if you look at the invite direct, uh, there's some great teams out there. We can talk about teams like uh, Evolve or Theater or teams like that that are consistently performing at the top of the game, but maybe aren't going to be considered for the direct invites because they don't have the promotional power of a large brand. Whether or not that's fair, it's the, it's the world we live in. So how do those teams make that transition and and the other question i have is for teams that are maybe unsigned are you hearing about these guys being unsigned because people aren't interested or just because the contracts or the organizations that are coming to them maybe aren't coming to them with fair offers uh there's multiple things mm -hmm. uh obviously i think a big thing is the offer mm -hmm. uh what people don't want uh i think a lot of, i mean it's hard to speak on this but i think a lot of people a lot of people in this game that i i know at the high level or this is their first game they're competing in. They haven't been pro in other games. They haven't been semi-pro in other games. This is like the first game they're building their brand off. This is the first game that they reached top 10 in, the first game that they're actually competing high level in. And they don't really know uh, what to look for, when to talk to orgs, how to talk to orgs, what to ask for. Uh, they might be asking ballparking way too much. They don't realize, like, let's say they're asking for just a ballpark number, like $5,000, just, just, just to throw that out there. Um, they don't realize what goes into it. They don't realize the value an orc can give to them. They don't realize, okay, let's sign for a much lower amount just to lock our spots and prove ourselves, maybe renegotiate down the line and build our brands, help them build our brands. And then, because I think a lot of like, I don't know, that, that's one of the reasons. Um, I think it, other reasons is obviously people don't know what, like who to talk to, how to talk to people, um, how to market themselves. Right. And obviously another thing is, um, as far as like getting your name out there, you just have to like keep competing. There's a lot of top orgs. There, I mean, there's a couple like two good teams, like really really good teams in NA that aren't signed yet. Obviously, they're talking to people, but um, you just have to keep winning tournaments. You have to keep consistently performing. Um, and obviously, some people, like you can tell, some players don't really believe in themselves uh, because they're locking down on a, on a, they're locking down on an org because they're like, okay, maybe in a month we're not performing this well. And you have other teams that are fully confident in themselves so then they just keep racking up their their tournament wins they keep racking up their league ratings and just having more and more to their resume to finally get the big fish that bites so let me ask avenger you're probably in a in a, in a decent position to sort of comment on what it <laughs> well i mean you, I, are you, I, I don't on your twitter account you guys said you're looking for an org to represent you so yeah obviously right so the question is sort of as teams that have been performing well and you guys are, seem to do very well consistently what is the challenge? What have your what's your experience been like? And, and is it is it a point? Are you a point where it's like, man, this is frustrating? 
Or is it a point where you're like, no, 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 you know, we get the occasional contact and like this is it's encouraging. We're on our way. I mean, I'll, I'll elaborate as much as I can. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, it, um, but yeah, uh, down the line, um, like even just after Gamescom, where I mean, my duo made we uh, we got second in, mm -hmm. in first person. Um, we already got contacted there because you know some people out early, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah after we started forming a team and started performing as a team obviously we got contact as well uh, what is also hard is that you as Valley had said you could or you could possibly overestimate your value and you don't see the the whole value that a organization with a with a good size on it will will actually contribute to you and uh, and then you might run into other problem is that you get multiple offers and uh, you don't know which to choose because some might have a lot of money, but not have such like a big name, uh, and then another might be a huge name, uh, like top 20 in the world in CS, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're not offering as much as, as much money. So, depending on where you you are, you you need to take a decision. You need to talk to your team. Like, if we do good, consistent, what do we do? Um, and also, you can take another option: is that after you do good, you can reach out. Uh, to either a possible manager that have experience in the field, or you could reach out directly to uh, to organizations. So, uh, at, I would I would rec I would recommend recommend in any way talk to a manager. I, I will say that experience in the field. As somebody who's been in esports for a while, if you are a team that is up and coming, I think a manager is one of the first big steps you can take to make sure that somebody is just watching your back, even if it's waking your asses up to get to a tournament on time. It's incredibly important to have somebody who sort of manages the, the or dots the i's and crosses the t's. That said, Avenger, um, <laughs> at the, at the, at, I, I don't want to come straight out and be like, where are your offers from? But is that something where, just to encourage teams that are sort of building their, their brand or trying to build a brand, that's, so you're, you feel like you guys have, since you started to represent yourselves well, started to be contacted. Like you have had interest and there's, in, there's an encouragement out there for those who are trying to grow their teams that, there's, that it's not a closed system? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like even though you might have contacts or you know people, there is a big. If you prove yourself, uh, you will be able to reach out or be like contacted. You just gotta be open about your position. Like you're all of your free agents. Uh, you gotta make your like. You gotta be socially active on social media. You gotta like expose yourself in every way possible, positively, and like. Uh, also, why we made the team Twitter is also to like. To of course like get our names out there, mm -hmm. but also to be able to be contacted that yeah. way. Uh, we got contacted contacted before, and we contacted other orgs before we did it. But it's also like it's a nice way that you can. That's also why like orgs don't have like they have one big Twitter, mm -hmm. so they can reach out to people in multiple ways, and even like even get like Counter Strike watchers, fans to go over to PUBG if they have a huge community. Um, so that's also that's, I mean that's also what we're looking at. So, um, so are you guys going to be signed by the time that you get to, you get to IEM? Is that is it on the table? There's an organization or two that you're there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we we are we are good. We are going to sign with the with an org before. 
Awesome. We, we, I mean, obviously, I won't dig any deeper about that because we want to save the announcement for those guys. But uh, that's good to hear. It's good to hear that people are entering the scene. Uh, do you guys have any comments or just maybe real quick tips for people coming in as to like what equates a good offer or what to avoid like the plague in terms of these organizations that are sort of showing up to the game for the first time? Or is it, you know, let's not talk about it. I don't want to talk about how much money I make. Sort of shit. <laughs> When I want to do, when I when I made first signed uh, for myself, it was one thing I was always very clear on: do not sign for a free jersey contract. That's like the biggest thing to look for. Like if so, like every single person is gonna offer you a free jersey. Every <laughs> single person is gonna say, "I'm gonna pay for your ticket when you go to big major." Mm. But you gotta realize that stuff. Every single orc is gonna give that to you. Mm. You gotta make sure to look for something that orc that makes that orc unique to you. Whether it's like they, like for me, method, the reason why I signed with method over like another, um, in terms of following a way bigger orc, was because uh, method had so many connections. They, their mm. networking is like amazing compared to a lot of orcs. And that's why they stood out for me there. And I think one of the most important thing is just make sure you're not stuck to the contract mm -hmm. for too long, unless you get paid enough for it. And just make sure there's renegotiations and a good buyout. And also yeah. it's like, it's really cool to see a big number to be like, oh yeah, my bio is 20,000 and be like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I am worth 20,000. But what you got to realize is when it comes down to a contract, don't let your ego take over and just be very realistic. Like be realistic on the sense like this could go wrong and always think with every single sentence, what if they want to fuck me over? What if, what if the team doesn't work out? Because literally nine out of 10 times, the lineup you have right now is not going to be the lineup that you're going to have in one year. That's just esports, so true. I think yeah. these are the basic things. Yeah, and uh, something I want to comment on is because we got signed, I guess, fairly early than most people. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and the reason, like, we were pretty much like the top performing NA team. Like, we had best tournament results uh, out of most NA teams. Mm -hmm. out, out of any NA team, we had like top three every tournament we placed. PUBG Online every season we played, we were ranked number one by a large margin. Um, and we were getting hit up by a bunch of orgs. We went to DreamHack Atlanta, won the Duos Land Tournament. Uh, and that was like a big thing for orgs as well. Uh, we were getting hit up by a lot of big names. Uh, and I guess, like, if you were to see on paper the top five people we got hit up on and you, like, we chose Temple Storm out of that five, mm. people would be like, what? <laughs> and then a, a big thing that came into our head was, like, just talking to them. Um, I think the biggest thing when talking to orgs is to really truly feel them out and see if they actually believe yeah. And they're not just getting into the game because it's big. Like mm. Temple Storm loves the game. Like they're all their entire management plays it. Raynad plays it nonstop. Their entire org plays it. Like literally, like one in the, the first interviews with them, we were talking to everyone, joking around. The vibes felt good. Uh, there was other big name orgs that we, they were they were nice to talk to, but you can honestly just feel like get the vibe that they were just jumping into the game because they felt like it was gonna blow up. And you don't know down the road. Obviously, I'm full confident in our team's ability to perform. Mm -hmm. uh, full confident. I don't think we're going to fall off in a year or anything. But you still have to have that in the back of your mind just to have your teams back. Maybe we have a rough, rough pat patch for a month. And if mm -hmm. you're with an org that you have good vibes, you know they love the game, they'll be with you through the rough patch. But if you stick with an org that is like a giant org that only cares about, I guess, winning, which mm -hmm. is, it's a big thing to care about. Yeah. Our mindsets align. But you don't want them to be like, if they don't truly care about the game, just to throw you to the side if you have a rough patch. Fair. So. Okay. Uh, any any last thoughts on that before we move on to what I think is probably gonna be our last topic? Is we're running short on time at this point? No. Uh, yes. I just, I just want to elaborate uh, quickly what uh, Raptor said. Also, like 
with the with the free jersey mindset what is also important for us uh thinking like we it's it's actually happening like what happened to Valiate some some time ago we're getting some some offers we're talking with some big orgs but also like the support not just uh money wise you want to be supported in in many ways not just peripherals money like what if you like what if happens like one of your teammates go sick or like there's so many ways that you know you're not just going to get locked down by a contract you want to be as open-minded as, as possible and if one of your teammates goes sick or he the, you have a huge fight and that he doesn't want to play anymore like how can you how can you still perform as a team because you want you want to continue no matter what and also like how can the team support you in that so you really you really want to secure yourself like if you're work, looking for a work contract you don't want to get mm -hmm. locked down to five years at ten dollars an hour you actually want mm -hmm. to be able to renegotiate in short time have bonuses uh, not like uh, if you win um a, like some sort of a prize money you don't get like they don't take 90 percent of it mm. uh, you know everything yeah so and and i would i would uh, let me piggyback on that just to say this from my experience working behind the scenes is also make sure you find an org that is willing to work for you and understands the background stuff right like something that nobody talks about that doesn't become an issue until the day before the event is visas crossing borders international travel i know you know like i know for a fact an org that's not in PUBG, maybe they'll show up at some point complexity gaming for instance has been known to like drive players across countries to like get to visa offices to make sure that the players can be in the best position to win tournaments and we'll do things like upgrade players to better rooms or better flights or whatever they need to make sure that they are in the mindset to perform at their best so it's one of those things that it's not just about the basic stuff but also about do they have the support system and the understanding of what it takes to be an esports team to make sure that you're successful? And I think that that's a big, a big thing that's often left off the table when you first start talking about money and everything else that goes along with cool new computers and sweet chairs that say Tempo Storm behind them. Uh, cool chair, by the way. <laughs> uh, go ahead. If I can say one more thing about mm -hmm. the Evinger thing is as well, what you have to realize is that once you become a pro or once you go pro, what you have to realize is you're gonna probably make more money than you need to live from. So mm. it's gonna, it's uh, if every if your path goes good as a pro, it will come to a point where money will not necessarily be an issue anymore. So it's more about the luxury than actual the, getting the money. It's it's mm. it's about that support and stuff. And I think that's definitely what they've like avengers said as well that's very important all right boss the money let's get back to talking about the game just a little bit i was gonna talk about red zones but let's be honest we all fucking hate them so we'll just skip <laughs> yeah. over that um are they are, are they always disabled oh i want yeah. to tournaments that's why Mo yeah exactly so most <laughs> tournaments just disable them it's something where like we can talk about making it relevant one day uh that said though uh, I mean, they have a little bit of relevance, and they tell you that there's a team somewhere, right? Like, they center on a team in theory, so I guess that helps a little bit. Um, the one that I want to ask... They actually do that. I, Always. I, I feel like they do. I can't prove it. I don't know the coding, so I'm just going to ignore it. That's it. Uh, what I want to ask you guys about is this. Two, three months ago, it wasn't uncommon to see teams dropping together at spots and fighting it out or sort of abandoning a drop because they didn't get the optimal landing. I've noticed very much so in the last couple of weeks that nobody drops anywhere near anybody else at this point. It's like everybody's figured out, I can go back and watch the observer drops. I know where every other team is going. I'm not going to mess with it. Um, so, I, I, I mean, do you guys disagree? It sounds like, it seems like every team has their, their favorite spot, their backup spot, and their go-to spot should another team be in the game that also likes their favorite spot. Um, 
And then that's just sort of the way the game works. So does that change the way that we should be treating this first circle? Should we be speeding it up? Should we be expanding it more? Like, how do we make that beginning of the game work better? Or do you think it works better because we now drop in our own places? It's, it's I mean, part of metal development. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, eventually teams are going to... Oh, yeah, go. You no, can no, you go, go, you go. You, you gotta pull well, like, you, you probably noticed that we dropped Pachinki at some point, right? Mm -hmm. So for us... <laughs> <laughs> you and you 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 and every tier two team in the country go ahead yeah so so pretty much what like we had a lot of team issues because of this as well because like recently we decided to not have me only as an Indian leader mm. uh so now we do different stuff but I'll, we, we decided i'm the Indian leader and i said to the team we are dropping pachinki no matter how many teams are there we don't care we will drop there no matter what mm. it, whether it's a team that wants pachinki or not like there was i know that Force and Force and Esport, yeah, yeah. they really love, love to go Pachinki. <laughs> and we are just like, well, you know what? We don't care. You mm -hmm. can like Pachinki as much as you want. We literally lost matches just because we were I was too stubborn to give up Pachinki. And I think it's it's like that's how the future is gonna be. Like, yeah, everybody goes their own way, but at some point the team is gonna be like, you know what? Let, let's try to upgrade a little bit. Let's mm. try to upgrade. Go to a bigger city. Let's contest the team that is now the, the winners of so, whatever city that is. So what you're saying is, it, yes, everyone's got their own spots. But at some point, someone's going to go, I think that I've become better than the team that has okay. pissed on Yaz. And I'm going to kick them out of Yaz North. And it's going to be hours from now on or something in that ballpark. Which is essentially you and, you and Forzen are in a pissing match over who gets to have Pachinki for future tournaments, right? Because you want to have that established before you guys show up at IEM together in theory. Oh, yeah. uh, because it... Yeah, go ahead, Val. The thing, the thing is, Forzen Esports do not give up. Like, they will down. Like, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you'll drop and you'll be surrounded by four teams like, later on the first floor by the time you pick up a pistol on the second floor. Like, like for instance, like, Cloud9's not used to playing against uh, Forzen. And I, I didn't know too much about them. Then I hear the European players talk about it, and it's the same thing. And Cloud9 drops Pachinki. They drop Pachinki twice. And, like, literally, like, oh, they learn the hard way. Like, they're not. If Forzen's in the lobby, they're not going Pachinki. The thing about they don't, they don't care. They will all they, push you. Like they don't care. They will lose three players. Yes, and they will lose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no sense. Yeah. Love it. Like, yeah, but um, I think as far as like people having their spots, uh, is a, is a relative thing as far as like Europe NA being split. Mm. Um, but obviously when you go into open qualifiers, when you go into other of these tournaments, you're not used to playing with people. Maybe we go into the invite. TSM doesn't play tournaments. We don't know where they drop they're probably like the thing is like you're always good you have to scout out people depending on plane drops plane pass what makes most sense for you guys um and if there's a hundred player lobbies obviously you're gonna have to fight for somebody but usually at the end of the day uh if people are playing properly they're scouting out drops and everything um one team dies early that's it only one team dies early at a spot because they're too stubborn mm -hmm. they feel like okay we're gonna punk these guys out we're gonna body them and then everyone has that like i'm taking south george from you mm -hmm. so yeah that's pretty much it. Okay. So it's been meta development. It could sort of shift either way. Uh, it's It's been interesting to watch and kind of a lot of fun because to see, like, personalities come out through drops, right? You've got the yeah. rap, Raptor and Methods aggressive in your face. I'm going to I'm gonna punch you in the face, Forzen style. <laughs> and you got, you know, Liquid. It's like, I'm happy to drop it for small complexes and gather up together later. It's not a big deal. Uh, and, and none of it's wrong. I, I think that's why I love PUBG, right? Because any of these strategies 
can work, and that's just highly entertaining to me. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily love the drop Pachinki and lose half of your life, your heals, and your ammunition to get out of it alive, but, you know, to each their own. Um, Avenger, what do you guys think about this sort of, like, arranged drop patterns that we've seen lately? Well, the reason for us also dropping, uh, like, we have, as you said, we have three places. Mm -hmm. uh, like, anywhere the plane goes, we will be able to drop one of those places, and we assess it as soon as we see the plane and, like, calculate the route. Um, so we have, like, a, a set thing. Well, mm. But uh, also, like, we don't want to do a 50-50 in the first 10 seconds because, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to be, at some point, you're going to be stuck in the parachute mm -hmm. hanging over a electric pole. Yeah. Damn uh, or you're going to be hitting a roof, and then you're going to be dropping from mid size roof and then dropping to half hp so what we're gonna do is like we don't want to we don't want to take 50 50 chances we want to favor the odds to our side so it's a 60 40 or it's a 70 30 uh because you know you can go into a big house you can go into a, uh, a apartment and you can find a pistol mm -hmm. like i had a i had a game uh actually me and uh, my duo mates uh when we do duos pony where we had a game actually we had five games in the last curse trials which was like against us. Like we felt RNGs hated us <laughs> for some reason. It was just ridiculous because everywhere we dropped, we dropped three different places, like everywhere in the map. We dropped uh, George, we dropped Jasnaya, we dropped uh, Pachingi. Uh, we even dropped military. Um, like everywhere we dropped, the circle was opposite. Mm. So we had to chase like five out of five games in the finals, we had to chase. And also, when we went to big places, we could be... I, at some point, I went into two apartments and a tier three in Yasnaya. And I came out with two different pistols mm. and full level one. And in meanwhile, another guy could go into a shit shack finding a uh, M16 with 120 bullets because of the settings. So it's... Um, I don't want to go 50-50. I want to favor the odds to my side. I want to be able to, like... I don't, I don't mind... Go, dropping school and like go full ham with a shotgun getting 10 kills but in competitive matches mm. i want to favor the odds to my side so that's why we drop places where we can like fully load in if the if you have slow computers or mm -hmm. be able to to find like just a small enough setup so for it to be viable mm. that makes sense yeah. i mean and it, and it comes down to a lot of rng at the beginning i think just to your context i uh Ninjas in Pajamas got signed, what, 12 hours ago. They had a tournament four hours after they signed. And my heart went out to them a little bit because the first two games they played, they literally chased circles nonstop the entire match. Yeah. And it was like, this just it's yeah. brutal that you're trying to represent well the first time and all you're doing is getting shot at in cars for 20 minutes straight. So it's a downer. It's a, I guess it's an occupational hazard of not jumping Pachinki. Right? The upside of Pachinki is you're always close to the circle. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can blame that on circles. Like obviously you can get circles Fair. through three games in a row, but if you're, if like if you, like there's ways around it. Mm -hmm. Like we've oh, yeah, been there's, always... there's been tournaments that we've been screwed. Let's like, not talk every about that. Valiate. Not not you. <laughs> yeah yeah. True, true, true. After I am. After yeah, I am. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Fair. So no tips for anybody. We're gonna save it and yeah. keep it in the bag till I am ends. Maybe at the winners interview. Well, ooh. I like that. <laughs> so you get everybody. He's like he's like everybody else can just listen while we're doing it. Uh, that said though, that's uh, that's about all the time that we have. I don't want to go too long. I don't want to keep you guys up any longer than we already have. Uh, I was gonna ask you about the Xbox One release, but we'll do that on the next episode because that's apparently happening. Uh, we're gonna have to deal with aim assist soon, gentlemen. Good 
Good, good lord, that's wonderful. Uh, PC muscle race. Right, but it is, but on the other hand, like, they're going to try to get these Xbox guys to play with us, and they're all going to be aim assisting what? on controllers. Yeah, they're releasing an Xbox in, at the end of 2017. They said yeah, they're they trying to, like, cross-platform it, yeah. Yeah, so they're going to... Are, are they going to cross-platform it? They're trying. They they're working on it. Easy, easy KD ratios in ADR. Yeah. Well, uh, it, they they can have aim assist, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not like, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about it's it. Like, it's like give, give, giving a little kid like an automatic gun. Like it's not going to do anything <laughs> against my pistol. Oh man. Okay. Uh, lightning round. Before we leave, I want to know what your ultimate loadout is. And you, we're counting drops. So literally, you have the smorgasbord of every weapon available to you. What is your preferred loadout? I'll give you a second to think about it. And then I'm gonna start with uh, we'll start with Avenger. All right. Um, well, the only reason that I would go for drops is the arm. Okay. You know, you're gonna instant knock level three hits. Yeah. And that's just that's just so powerful, and that's the like that's the main reason. I I like it. It's a t 10, 20 percent chance. I don't know, but if you get an arm in a competitive match, you're gonna have 20 bullets of level three head knocking. And that's just so powerful. And obviously the scar with a compensator on it and a vertical grip. Obviously. Obviously, he just throws it out there. So uh, an arm and a scar. I'm sure most people are going to say oh, I'm here. But, you know, I've seen people turn it down before. So arm and scar for Avenger. Uh, Raptor, what's yours? Silence them 4 and a pump shotgun. Really? Yeah. You're, yes. you're a crazy man. I, I, the... I still, like, <laughs> that pump shotgun can be replaced with a car and an 8, but it's just... It has something that pumps out again. Just going around the corner and boom, boom, that, done. Like there, there's no fight. It's just over. People ask me sometimes, what what kind of person drops Pachinki? And I'm gonna tell you, that's the kind of person that drops Pachinki. <laughs> yeah. The M4 pump shotgun <laughs> ultimate loadout. <laughs> uh, and uh, Valley, what's your ultimate loadout? Uh, M16 comp extended, and OM or Carnet 8 and M16. Nice. People don't realize how strong burst fire is. They really don't. <laughs> no, 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 no. Man. It's insane. If you're if if you're good, if you're accurate. If, yeah, if you could get used to it. If you get used to it. Uh, I'll just say mine is an AWM and an M249 because I love blowing shit up. But that's uh, I, there's nothing. I don't know. Well, I don't play. I don't play comp with you guys. I play pubs, right? I, you know, you say that, but t last night I had two games, so it doesn't. You know, it is what it is. Uh, ghillie suit on with M249, just like literally. Blowing up cup pub cars as they drive by is like some of the best feelings in the world. Four yeah, kills, perfect. four kills, four kills. You're like, this is amazing. That's why you gotta, if you're in a tournament, everyone's looking at stats. You gotta just time the last bullet. Have your team light them up, wait till they're reloading, get the last bullet, you get all four kills. And you're like, I'll be the guy that signed, and then I'll, I'll get you, I'll take the rest of you with me eventually. Yeah. That's hilarious. All right, guys, well, another, go ahead. Another thing also for the arm, you also want the 15 time scope so you yeah. can uh, read people's minds. <laughs> It, it's sort of like having ESP uh, in a yeah, scope yeah. form. Kind of, kind of, yeah. I, you know, I've only gotten the 15 once that I've had, had it drop, and it was so discombobulating. I think I ended up throwing it on the ground and going back to an 8x because I was like, this is just too much for me to deal with right now. I don't want to see the boogers in this guy's face. Because, uh, <laughs> like, let's be real, like an 8x pretty much covers the job most of the time. Uh, oh yeah. All right. I honestly took uh, Raptor to Raptor for a S12K eight times on the S12K kind of guy. So you can look into their souls before you blast them away. <laughs> Likes to look so down there. Through. I'll think about it the next time I face Poison. Yeah. Right? 
That's pretty hilarious. Which you know, which you, know you will within a week. Yeah. Right. He's, yeah. he's, he's going to do it. They're going to clear fours and out of Pachinki, and then I'm going to get to Obzim as he, like, you know, teabags the last guy with the 8X S12 out just to show off for we us. Actually, we, we actually gave up on Pachinki. No <laughs> how, can, how can you stand yeah. against them? How? Yeah. I know, right? They're just random. Forrest and Lizard in Tier 1 uh, next week, so you can go back hey. to they threw their body they threw their bodies at Pachinki one too many times. That's the yeah. the downside of like stepping on your turf is that sometimes you, you lose the points doing that. Uh guys, I appreciate you being here. I do want to give a uh quick shout out to everybody who's listening. Thank you for making it possible. If you are listening on the podcast, please rate the show, uh follow, do all that other crap. If you're on Twitter, Twitch, please follow button. Um, or if you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe. If you want to support the show, you can do that by subscribing to the channel, or you can go to patreon.com slash toffees and uh, help keep the show running. I like to keep the lights on and the diapers on my kids. Uh, I do this show as a labor of love, but if you help me buy some diapers, I'll send you like some bumper stickers and some fun stuff like that. So uh, please consider checking that out, helping keep the lights on as little as a dollar a month can be totally helpful in sort of paying the hosting fees and all the other stuff that goes along with doing things like this. Uh, you can find me at Toffees TV. Now let's do a quick rundown. Guys, a quick chance for a shout out, a call out, and to sort of plug your Twitter or whatever else you feel like you need to. Uh, we'll go in reverse order. So Val, you're up first. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much just follow my Twitter and my Twitch. I'm, I'm going to start streaming really soon. I just need a, a few computer parts, but uh, my Twitter is just Twitter. Uh, it should be just Valiate on Twitter. Uh, my Twitch is valued on Twitch. And I'd like to thank you for hosting the show. I think it's my second time. I had a lot of fun talking so, about the game and everything. Um, and uh, the people on the... It was nice talking to these guys, too. I don't really get to talk to EU players as much, so... Mm. Yeah. It's because they, they have the, I don't know, the, the weird EU money. Like, isn't, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Raptor, what's your, what's your uh, shout-out shutdown? Uh, thanks for having me on the show again. That's first. And shout-out to my mom. She made nice. you spaghetti today. Oh, she still cooks you dinner. That's nice. Yeah, nice. Uh, the life of a the life of a pro, uh, Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanna I wanna do a quick shout out to my boys uh, Chris, Costastic, and Pony Rider, which is uh, why we're here now, I guess. And thank you for for having me, mm -hmm. and uh, thanks for the good chat. And also, yeah, um, my name is pretty unique, AVNQR. You can uh, that that's I have pretty much everything there. <laughs> Twitter, Twitch, whatever. Follow if you want to. And uh, and thanks for having us. Unique enough that you could get every handle. So genius yeah. choice there. That's the reason, man. Very, very smart. Very smart. And since nobody else wants to do shutdowns, I'll just do a shutdown too. Uh, what was the name of the guy who got caught hacking again? Bunny227. Bunny227. Fuck you. That's all. <laughs> Uh, that's it, guys. I appreciate you. No, not you. Hey, you know, anybody who's willing to try to ruin tournaments. I mean, like, if you ruin a PUBG match, you're a dick. You don't know the meme? You don't know the meme? Like, they, they made a whole text, like, explaining, like, blah, 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 how they're cheating. And the first response was that Bunny227 said, what? Oh. <laughs> I like, no, no, I like the, the first part even more. He was like, after the first game, see at Oakland. Yes. Nice. <laughs> nice. That was even better, man. <laughs> Brutal. I mean, well, what can you do? Well, we just keep fighting back the best way we can with headshots yeah. when they don't see it coming because nothing pisses a cheater off like getting headshotted while they're sitting behind a rock. God, it feels so good. Uh, that's it, guys. Have a wonderful night. Thank you for tuning in. I guess that's all I have to say. So uh, play more PUBG. And as always, Toffee's out. And we're clear.
Ooh, guys. I forgot my own Twitter. I said Twitter's Valiate. Yeah, I, th I thought you were, I was going to correct you. 